Hello, listeners, humans, aliens, and welcome to Sinister Soup Podcast, the podcast where we discuss genre fiction through conversation, dice rolling, arguments, and ridiculous other things. I am one of your hosts, Travis Vermullum. I'm Clay Vermullum, the other host. We have a few segments on this show, uh, the first of which is always bring some culture. Clay, what's bring some culture about? Well, I always do such a good job explaining this. We, you know, we're humans in the year 2021, so we're on the internet a lot, and we see all kinds of, like, cool things that, whether they be YouTube pages, Instagram pages, uh, organizations, artists, anybody out there just doing cool things for the human culture in general, whether it be artistic, economical, environmental, uh, anything really. It's that. We're going to each bring a thing that is contributing positively to that whole idea. Mm-hmm. That is indeed what we do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, boom. Take that, yeah. listeners. Who's uh, who's starting off then? Because uh, am I going first? Or are you going first? Yeah, you would. You know, it, anyone can go first. Okay. You know what? I'll just I'll just jump in. You want to jump not, right in? Yeah, I'll jump right in. Jump right in. I really hope you leave that long awkward silence in there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how it plays. I'll make it a little less long. But I'll probably. So my culture this week is one that is definitely popular, but it's something I really, really, really enjoy. Um, Dropout, which is College Humor's sort of streaming service they made after, you know, streaming services became uh, the main form of media Mm -hmm. consumption, run by one of their lead creatives, Brendan Lee Mulligan. He's a great, great content creator and an amazing dungeon master for anyone who watches live action D&D shows. He has a show called Adventuring Academy. Um, and it is a podcast. It is also a YouTube show, or you can get it early on their streaming service dropout. If you're a tabletop role-playing fan, not just Dungeons and Dragons, like any tabletop role-playing game, it is an awesome resource for advice, for just relating to things. Like, I mean, it's not a huge community. So sometimes like as a dungeon master, you want to like speak some stresses of the, of the, the trade i guess the um hobby and you know there's people that don't understand like if i just go to a random friend and i'm like my characters chose c when i wanted them to choose a and i didn't know how to like divert them they're gonna be like yeah cool bro i I don't know what you're talking about um (laughs) i think adventuring academy is just a great place to listen for a while about an hour an episode and just hear like some people who are probably creating worlds the same way you are as a dungeon master or a game master and figuring out this these different games and just talking about how awesome the hobby is if you're a tabletop role-playing fan i would highly recommend adventuring academy from college humor all right awesome great to see more youtubers and streamers capitalizing on the new popularity of tabletop games i'm Mm. all about tabletop coming into the norm so much as it has oh yeah it's great um and just like like having legitimate celebrities in that world now is kind of cool. Of like, yeah, it's weird. It is weird, but like you, you go to any like 
convention and say Matt Mercer and people are like, that's like the Brad Pitt of, <laughs> of tabletop role-playing games. And there's like, wow, there's a Brad Pitt of TTRPG. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It's weird to think about. When Matt Mercer was growing up, he was just a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> just a geek. And now he's being rewarded for it. And that's awesome. It's great. It's great you can be rewarded for being a nerd these days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm all about that. So what are you bringing to the table, bro? I am going to shout out a local Seattle film company called Film A B. That's Film A B, like B the bug. Ah, gotcha. It's run by a friend of mine who is a uh, Bulgarian filmmaker here in town, mm-hmm. Bogdan Derev. And he is just a really awesome human being. He makes primarily documentary films, um, but he's also done a lot of like uh, promotional work and ad work for companies that are doing really interesting things. He's pretty selective about who he'll do advertisements and stuff for. Um, But one group we worked with was like a group that uh, provides food and shelter to the homeless. And he's just worked with a bunch of groups like that. So it's really cool, and I've I've had the luxury of being on a, a couple of those films with Bogdan. So Film B is a really cool company because he's very dedicated also to connecting lots of different artists together. He helps other people sell their work. He promotes other people constantly, and he's very involved in the local Seattle uh, Bulgarian community, which is mm-hmm. huge as it Mm -hmm. turns out, and the Bulgarian community across America. He recently did a film called There where he went back to Bulgaria and documented his first time returning since he left as a child. Mm, And it was a really awesome film that just compares like the Bulgaria he remembers to how it is today and all the reasons that uh, that country has evolved the way it has. Mm-hmm. And he took that on a tour around uh, Bulgarian theaters all over the country. And that was really cool. Um, and his website is also like it's half in English and half in Bulgarian. So if you're a Bulgarian native speaker, you've got a good fully Bulgarian website that you can go check out right here in Seattle. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And he's got lots of free work. Uh, he's very artistic, very interesting stuff. Um, a little art housey. I like mm-hmm. uh, Bogdan's style. is really fun, really entertaining to watch. So mm-hmm. you should go check out Film B if you want to watch some unique and interesting, very influenced by Bulgarian culture, films, music videos, and all kinds of stuff. Right on. Definitely an awesome thing to check out. I love seeing um, sort of different perspectives on the world through the lens of film so i'll be checking it out as well yeah he'll give you that that's for sure all right our next segment is probably our most popular or i guess if we have popular segments it's definitely like our <laughs> do, we, do we actually have popularity i don't kind? i don't think so but we'll get there and this it's will the probably meat. be the meat yes it's the meat of the podcast is role for enthrallment to determine who is arguing for and who is arguing against a different piece of art, whether it be film or books, which is usually what we do, film or books. This week, we are doing books, specifically a series called The Dresden Files. Mm-hmm. More specifically, the first Dresden File, Stormfront by Jim Butcher. Um, and it is a story spoilers ahead for anybody who's listening now fast forward to the point where we talk about rolling a dice and 
Other than that, if you have read the Dresden Files, this is just a brief synopsis. Harry Dresden is a detective in Chicago, which is not a super unique or create like outside of realistic realm story, except that Harry Dresden is a wizard and he lives in a sort of version of Earth that has all kinds of magical creatures. Basically, if you can think of it in a movie or book or folklore of any kind, Jim Butcher has said that, yes, it is in the world, um, but it is very hidden. And there's a lot of people who don't even think it's real and are doubters. But Harry Dresden gets called in from the FBI often or the, co the local police whenever they run across a case that seems paranormal or supernatural in some way. And he is like a wizard consultant. So it is half noir story um, and half sort of urban fantasy. And it's a pretty unique world to play in. But we'll see what we actually think about it as we roll the dice. All right, let's do it. That one. Ooh, that's bad. I got a nine. Yeah, it's been a rough few weeks for me. Even when I won last week, it was with an eight. Yeah, it has been a rough few weeks. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I believe what you said last week was the winner goes first. Mm -hmm. All right. So Harry Dresden, what can I say about the Dresden files other than they are a blast? The books are quick reads. A lot of people I've talked to use them as a palate cleanser um, for anyone who isn't really like familiar with that term in the realm of reading books like sometimes people have series that they intersperse in between larger fantasy books because when you're a hardcore fantasy reader a lot of the books are these huge chunky um, novels that are like 700 to 800 pages long and have vast worlds with thousands of characters and harry dresden is a great place to go when you've finished one of those and you just want like a 300 page, just fun adventure with a cool protagonist. Um, he's kind of old fashioned and says some things that are like not the greatest. And you know, he has a lot of flaws, but uh, I think what this series does really well is help you learn about Harry's good side through his side characters. Even though it's from his point of view, the way he interacts with like other people kind of shows you his more sort of sensitive side and the way he actually has a really strong moral compass, even though he acts like he doesn't care. He's kind of the stereotypical, tries to put on the front of being like the stereotypical grim cop who like doesn't really care if he loses his life and he just wants to like get the job done kind of thing, that stereotypical noir. But Jim Butcher mixes it up by giving a cast of side characters that really genuinely care about Harry as a person. And you see through them a bunch of different sides of him and you get this first person perspective of him in his own head kind of observing how these people treat him. And it's like, oh, Harry doesn't even realize like how much he means to the world. And it's kind of a cool adventure to go on because while you're doing it, you're also just kind of in this fun, dark urban fantasy of solving supernatural crimes and seeing all these beasts you're used to but with a little twist on them and i think harry dresden is a great place to pop into if you just want something kind of entertaining and quick relatively but like deceptively deep i think it's deceptive of you to call it deep <laughs> uh, i thought it was all i didn't think it was uh unentertaining you know 
but that's all it is it's just entertaining it's kind of like the literary equivalent of just picking up a comic book nothing really new about it he didn't really create anything original for his magic system didn't create anything original for the monsters um nothing original for the way he designs his stories they're clearly written just to be like serial detective stories i don't know it seems like one of those stories that's i don't i don't want to say but it they seem like they're written for the money mm. they seem like they're written just because of the appeal factor that they have mm. uh he peppers in a bunch of like popular paranormal uh plot elements but really at the end of the day this is just a mystery novel it's like a monster geek who knows mystery novels sell better so he took the cookie cutter mystery novel format and he put monsters in there instead of humans but really like that's all it is it's just every it's every mystery novel i've ever read i didn't really think it was very interesting yeah i i don't know i disagree with just writing it for the money because i feel like the the further you progress in the books like yes they kind of start stormfront starts as a very serial detective novel with a supernatural spin but the more you read the more you dive into the harry dresden universe you realize how much jim butcher like cares about his main character he really really wants you to understand harry i appreciate authors that have great amounts of patience I w i'll just say a short statement on like you can see that in some of my favorite books i won't say the books because we're probably going to do them on the show but i really like when authors take their time and i can really just like develop a relationship with the characters and i think that's harry especially because it doesn't just have like he doesn't take his time in a single book he takes his time in the series you can see he has mapped out this want and love for his audience to really understand his protagonist and he creates a really cool protagonist through that yeah well i know plenty of like awesome series is where they also took their time throughout the whole series but also did it in the first book this book to me was just like intro to the dresden files <laughs> um it didn't i it's like a pilot episode of a tv show you know and I haven't read any more of the Dresden Files because, frankly, this book didn't make me want to read another one. I didn't find it that interesting. I'd rather read something that's... Frankly, I'd rather read an actual supernatural novel, an actual horror novel. This is just a mystery novel with the horror elements that I enjoy pasted on top of it. Yeah, I'm just firmly disagreeing, I guess. I mean, there's not much else you can say in, in counter-argument to that other than... I really, I think it was a, it was an intro novel. I will give you that. Um, but I think you kind of needed that for, for the story he's writing in the broad scope. Cause he really needed to like understand the characters he was going to bring in without this book. I wouldn't have cared as much as I do about the, like his cop friend Murphy. Yeah. Murphy, like Murph gets really well established in the first book and Harry does as well. You kind of learn who he is and like how abrasive of a personality can he can have and you but you get that he's very loyal to his friends like Murph in particular and you know more characters get kind of brought in and later in the series my favorite Michael is brought in and there's it just is this like layers he's adding layers every book and I think they function as serial novels of like one-offs 
but they also function as a oh beer of the week beer of the week beer of the week yeah i interrupted myself this time all right beer of the week is our final segment where we crack open some beers and discuss what we actually think about the art we just yeah faded over sweet <laughs> so all right what beer you got today bro i'm not actually i'm trying to find where it comes from but oh here it is Okay, I've got this beer called Tulacop. Okay. It's a Saison, which has been a beer that I've really enjoyed lately. It's kind of like a white ale kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Brewed with coriander and orange peel, this one says. And it's from Sunnyside Wa. Mm. Uh, varietal. Varietal brewing. Mm. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Should be good. I have from Grand Teton Brewing. Uh, part of their National Park series. Ooh. Uh, the Mountain Berry Wheat Beer um, was left left with me by a friend, my friend Grace. I doubt she's listening, but hello, Grace, if you are. Um, Hi, Grace. She left me this beer uh, last time we were hanging out, and I don't know if I'll like it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't seem to have very high hopes. It's it's berries. You know how I feel. I know. About sweet beers. That's why I laughed when you said it. I was like, well, he ain't gonna like that. No. I like my stouts. Alright, here we go. Okie dokie. Cool. Yeah, that's good. That's actually surprisingly quite good. It's very subtle. Hmm. I do like a good subtle berry. Yeah, it's not... It doesn't, like, punch you in the tonsils. That's good. (laughs) That's an unpleasant place to get punched. Yes, I enjoy this. Yeah, this is a... It's more ale-y than other Saisons I've had. It's far from my favorite one. Mm. But it's not bad. Well, what did you actually think of the Dresden Files? Um, I thought about what I said, honestly. It actually was... Didn't blow my mind. I have heard so many people talk about the Dresden Files little bit overhyped but like you say i'm sure it gets better if you keep reading but i i don't know if i will i don't really wasn't totally sucked into it honestly it was okay i mean i am not the biggest fan of detective novels so (laughs) that's part of it i love supernatural and paranormal novels obviously (laughs) that's my favorite genre is horror but again this was a detective novel with monsters not monsters with a detective novel uh, yeah if, if it were the other way around i may be more inclined to keep reading but yeah it was just really like the magic might have well have been guns or swords or whatever at the end of the day it was just a it was just a mystery novel and i don't know they're so formulaic that the whole point of them is that it's hard to solve the mystery but when you follow the formula <laughs> it's easy to solve the mystery. Yeah, I can see that. And really, I think like the the criticisms of the first few Dresden books are 100%. The second one in particular was probably my least favorite so far because it was a werewolf story, but like an underwhelming werewolf story. But Mm. I've continued on to the, the fifth and the third, fourth, and fifth really have kind of like started to show me 
the depth people have told me about. So I think like I stick by what I say too of like they are great palate cleansers. Um, the first few, just if you're reading a huge chunky fantasy story and you need like a break, uh, and you want to buy in like two days, like Dresden's a great place to go, especially if you love fantasy and are okay with detective stories. Like it's fun, it's simple, it has cool like just elements to it. But sure. I. I'm starting to see in the fifth one that like Jim Butcher really does have a, a pretty big, massive story in his head that he's just really kind of taking his time through these serial novels to, to give us. And I, I expect soon it's going to flip into like more of an epic fantasy than a, than a detective series. Sure. Which is cool. And that, that's like what I would have been interested in, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to read like three fourths of a series to get to the part of the series I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, if I don't really care about the format thus up to that point, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's they're fun. They're fun. Super fun. If you're into mystery novels and you like, uh, monsters and ghosts, definitely read the Dresden files. It's right up your alley. Oh yeah. They might it just be your favorite. Wasn't. If those are like your two favorite genres mixed, then <laughs> these might be your new favorite books. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they're that's exactly what they are. <laughs> they're mystery novels where the detective fights monsters instead of people. So it's pretty cool um, in that way. I, I thought I would like them more than I did. I'm a little bummed by how much I didn't like them, honestly. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I think. Right on. Well, Dresden Files, um, if you want to check them out, you know, kind of know a little bit of what you're getting into i am becoming more and more of a fan of harry uh clay may not dive into the detective story which if that's not for you then this series probably isn't for you Mm -hmm. Um, but that is the role for enrollment indeed next week tune into the show we will discuss one of the most massive and influential fantasy series of american history the Wheel of Time by Robert Jordan. Oh, man. It's a big one. It's a big one. But that's a show. We thank you all for tuning in, uh, anyone who has. And make sure to shoot us any comments or ideas, if you have some, about how we can improve or do YouTube. But as always, I have been one of your hosts, Travis Vermullen. I've been Clay Vermullen. And we are both still those people.